Welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about public discourse and social media and about the political information, how misled it can be in social media and how we just have to be extremely careful when we get on social media and where we get our information from. And we need to be sure that we are being allowed to use our freedom of speech, but we also need to make sure that we're not letting the online trollers dictate what we say and do. Um, It's just such a scary place and we just rely on these platforms so heavenly every single day. And um, I'm going to kind of talk about this more in a minute, but basically just that there's more political information out on these platforms like Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok especially. I know that's a new one, but it has so much political information, Facebook, Twitter, all these places. And they have so much political information, which is great, but the majority of it is opinions, which also is great because, you know, we are allowed to use our freedom of speech, but We also need to make sure that this information is correct. And if it's not correct, we need to make sure we're doing our research and that we know what's going on and that everybody's acting right and that there's just so much that comes with social media and public discourse, especially in the year 2020. I know this is more of a recent issue and that the people long ago did not have to deal with. I'm sure they had to deal with it in their own special way. But this is just something that I found really interesting because this past election, I've seen more political information on these apps than I've ever seen anywhere else. So let's jump into it. What is so interesting about these apps such as Facebook and Instagram is they are a lot smarter than we give them credit to be. Um, There's a thing called an algorithm and basically it's where they can monitor what we see and buy the things that we like you know, whether that's um, topics that we like or political views that we have, those are the things that will immediately pop up on our pages. But that's, it's kind of scary because we're only seeing what they want us to see or what they think we should see. We're not seeing it all. And I just think that's really important. And um, just the ever-changing algorithms that determine which information we see, um, they are just, they rely on information of computation called, and it's called machine learning in which algorithms train themselves to achieve goals that that are set by human programmers. In this case, Facebook, the machines are generally programmed to maximize user engagement, to show you whatever you would like to click on more. They basically use it to manipulate us, and it's kind of scary. I know with Instagram, it's like that as well, and I don't know if anybody's familiar with TikTok, but TikTok is extremely based on the algorithm of things that you like, and There's a thing, it's even called a for you page. So you only see, and I know even TikTok has gotten super political, I guess with the debate or with the election and the debates and everything. We've seen, I've seen more political um, discourse on my social media than I have ever even seen in the news. It's just absolutely crazy how we use these platforms to shape our political views and to voice our opinions, which is all, which is what the declaration is about. It's just us voicing our opinions and I just think that is so interesting, but there's just so much more to dive into. So this kind of machine learning, these algorithms can actually produce negative effects, which 
Worrying consequences for public discourse, this can be a bad thing for public discourse. So in the past 18 months, many have wondered whether Facebook algorithms have depended on political divisions and have spread that misinformation or propaganda. Um, do Facebook algorithms show some ads in progressives to other conservatives? Or do they place salacious conspiracy theories about a political candidate in accurate reporting in the latest policy decisions? These are things to think about. Um, are they really shaping our all of our information that we know are they really are we really given social media this power especially if it's not always 100 percent accurate um these are just some things to think about i know for me um i'm not really I, politics is not my number one thing um, i find it uncomfortable to talk about in public and that's how a lot of people view them but i feel like when social media is starting to make it so okay people are getting more comfortable to talk about their views which is incredible but it's also important to know that we are getting this information from the right sources and that we are not using social media for you know solely to rely on what, where we get information and what it is and what we believe and i just think this is so important and it just shows just how much power like i said we put into these apps and these platforms. There is an article and it is by Jonathan Zitterain and it is on theatlantic.com and it is titled The Age of Misinformation and I just think this relates to what I'm talking about in such a great way, in such a beautiful way. Um, it says Facebook, Twitter, Google, and Microsoft must recognize a special responsibility for the parts of their service that host information or host or inform public discourse. So this is basically saying that all this misinformation, they should have to have some responsibility for this because it's their platforms that are letting all this mis in this misinformation be led um, across the world. And first, we increasingly turn to a few things like Facebook and Twitter, and we find out what's going on in the world, which makes our decisions about what is actually going on fraud or fraudulent. And um, they basically use this to their advantage because the more people that engage with their platforms, you know, the more money they make and the more successful that they are, even if it's not incredibly, um, you know, innocent, you know, innocent content that's happening, especially if it's fraud content. And I just think about how important it is to be a U.S. citizen and to have all these rights. But if it's, if we're not have if we're putting our rights on the wrong information and like how we choose to be citizens, then I just think that is completely misled and not, it's not something that we should be too comfortable doing. So what can we as U.S. citizens do about this? We all have social media. We're all going to get on there every day. I mean, there's nothing telling us to not get on. It's not it's not life or death, but there are some things that we can do um, to help us make sure that the public discourse that we do take, take away from these platforms are accurate and are things that are supported. Um, so we must realize that the market for vital information is merely just a market. Um, it is literally there to make money. That is its sole reason. And we have to realize that it is not, you know, like a factual place to get information. And we really just need to do our research. I mean, think about it. The things that we see every single day, um, it could just be false. I think about, um, you know, both sides of parties of with the election. There are things that they both said throughout the debates, and 
Um, I loved getting on the, I think it was on CNN and it was the fact checker. And it really just like shows you what's actually being said that's true and what's not being said that's true. And these are coming from our U.S. candidates. Like these are coming from very reliable sources and they're still not true. So that just shows how much we actually have to do our own research and we have to make sure we do fact check and make sure everything that we're taking in is actually correct. I found another article and it is from PewResearch.org and it is titled, The Future of Free Speech, Trolls, Anonymity, and Fake News Online. And it is by Lee Rainey, Jana Anderson, and Jonathan Albright. And it says, many experts fear uncivil and manipulative behaviors on the internet will persist and may get worse. This will lead to a splintering of social media into all patrolled and regulated safe spaces, in parentheses, separated from free-for-all zones. Some worry that this will hurt the people the open exchange of ideas and compromise in privacy. And like I said, these are some of the things that our constitution sits on. Like these are some of the things that we were founded on. And the fact that social media has such a huge impact and it's going to try to come and, you know, make those things, make those ideas that we have and the, the things that we're able to share with each other, just it takes it away is really scary. It says the internet supports a global ecosystem of social interaction. Modern life revolves around the networks, and with the status updates, news feeds, comment change, political advocacy, omnipresent reviews, rankings, and ratings, um, we completely depend on these things. I mean, I think something even as innocently as, you know, looking at a rating of a restaurant before we go to it, we are going to completely rely on what our fellow citizens have to say about this place before we go and eat there. I mean, we just really rely on other people's opinions so heavily. And I think that just is so important in public discourse, and it's so important to understand how much we do allow other people's opinions to, you know, interfere with what we think. And it also says that one of the biggest challenges will be finding an appropriate balance between protecting anonymity and enforcing consequences for the abusive behavior that has been allowed to characterize online discussions for far too long. And basically, this kind of goes along with trolling, um, trolling on social media. I know we're all familiar with that. And it's basically just saying that when we get behind these platforms and we get behind the screen, you know, um, we all just feel so safe and like nothing can actually physically attack us. But, I mean, people who are putting this misinformation online, there's nobody that can really fix it. I mean, it's really going to be up to us to decide what we choose to be true and what we choose to actually listen to. And that is just so important to understand. Um, There are a few more things from this website that I really like, and they're just some little bullet points. And it says, respected internet pundit John Knowlton asked the Guardian, has the internet become a failed state? And mostly answered in the affirmative. The U.S. Senate heard testimony on the increasing effective use of social media for the the advocacement of extremist causes, and there were growing attention to how social media are becoming weaponized by terrorists, creating a newly effective kinds of propaganda. Um, This is just really interesting because it's just, it just, I mean, I've already said this, but we just really need to understand how negatively everything can influence us and how public discourse is so important. I mean, it is completely, throughout the semester um, in Dr. Sire's class, I have just learned so much. I mean, everything you can possibly think of is surrounded by public discourse, whether that is, I talked about disability, or whether that is about fake news, or whether it's about conspiracy theories. Um, there, everything that you can possibly think about completely comes from public discourse, and I just think social media is right there 
with it. Um, just how important things that we do every single day, things that we listen to every single day, the things that we let fill our minds with or the information we get our information from, it just completely comes from these platforms. The last article that I found that I think will really end this um, mini lecture, it's also from elon.edu. We used them earlier. And it says, it's just a question. Um, it says, in the next decade, will public discourse online become more or less shaped by bad actors, harassment, trolls, and ov- an overall tone of gripping distrust and disgust? Please elaborate on your answer and consider answering these issues in your response. How do you expect social media and digital commentary will evolve in the coming decade? Do you think we will see a widespread demand for technological systems or solutions that encourage more inclusive online interactions? Or what do you think will happen to free speech? Um, What might be the consequences for anonymity and privacy? And most responded, I think the results are so interesting. And you can kind of just think about how you would answer this question. I mean, what do you think is going to happen with all of this? I mean, it just keeps getting worse. Um, Most who responded, more than 80%, said that they fear uncivil and manipulative behaviors on the internet will persist or get worse. Some predict that this will lead us to a splintering of social media to all patrolled and regulated safe spaces separated from free-for-all zones. And many really worry that this will hurt open exchange of ideas and compromise privacy, and some say it will damage democracy. About 19% said they expect social discourse to improve by 2026. That is a long time away, y'all. That is is six years. I mean, that is like so far away and we think about it and I mean, that, I mean, if we don't start doing something now, if we don't start making sure that we are using our privacy measurements and using everything to make sure that we are getting the right information and to make sure we're not having people be, you know, abusive on social media and trolling and getting this, doing this misled information, then it's just not going to be a good world that we're going to want to live in. So among the key themes emerging from 1,537 respondents, they answered, and they said things will stay bad because to to troll is human. Anonymity abets bad behavior. Inquities are motivating by at least some of the inflammatory dialogue. The growing scale and complexity of internet discourse makes uncivil discourse difficult to overcome. Things will stay bad because tangible and intangible economic and political incentives support uncivil behaviors. Hate, anxiety, anger drive up participation, which equals profits and power. Technology companies have little incentive to ruin an uncivil discourse. The traditional news, which equals profits and power, and organizations, they help shape discussions for the common good, and they have shrunk in importance. Terrorists and other political actors are benefiting from weaponization of online narratives, implementing human and bot-based misinformation and persuasion tactics. This will get better because technical and human solutions will arise to detect the filter inappropriate behaviors. And due to this filtering and modernization that deal with uncivil discourse, online worlds will splinter into segmented controlled social zones and free-for-all zones. So basically, this is just saying that Yes, things are going to get bad before they get better, but we just really have to be careful about where we get our information, and we have to be careful that we still are making sure that we are using our free speech, and we are not letting other people's opinions affect that, but also make sure when you're on these social media platforms that you are really using your privacy measures because, I mean, you can you can control what pops up on your 
on your screen. You can control, you can get, I know there's a thing on Twitter now and it's where you can block out certain words or you can block out certain things and if certain people. So if there's somebody that you know is giving misled information, report them. Um, let's do something about it because public discourse is only going to get worse if we don't make it better. Thank you.